A great story always begins with the front page. Welcome back to the front pages where we discuss relevant sports news and nothing but facts. My name is Paige. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. I haven't spoken to y'all since 2021, so long ago. Cricket, cricket. Yeah, I know. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> I got to stay off of TikTok. But look, welcome back, y'all. I am so, so is super excited for just this season two of the front pages. How y'all like the new logo? How y'all like the new intro? Let me know. Do y'all like the vibe? It's definitely a vibe, I feel. So I'm, I'm just really excited for the growth of this platform. And look, I'm dumb excited for this episode because so much happened. Like, A.B., what? Kevin Porter Jr., what? College football playoffs, what? But look, before we do get into that, make sure you are following at the front pages on Instagram for all of the exclusive content. Look, that IG is about to go crazy. So make sure you guys are not missing anything because there's so much to expect. We're gonna have YouTube this year. We're gonna have some fresh exclusive interviews. Outside the Limits interviews are coming back and I promise I'm gonna get y'all one person at least a month. So be excited for those. Um, who do come and be a part of the front page. And then we're going to have some live events here in 2022 and a lot of collaborations. So I'm look, follow the front pages on Instagram so you can make sure you get the first dibs, but you're listening, you're here. So let's get right into episode one of season two. Big money. I like that. That's what Becky Hammond's saying right now. Because she just got the bag. She will become the WNBA's highest paid coach, reportedly, as she will become the Las Vegas Aces head coach and also their general manager. Now, if you don't know who Becky Hammond is, let me break it down for you with a timeline, all right? So in 2014, she actually retired from the WNBA after playing for 16 years and earning six WNBA All-Star honors. In August of 2014, so mind you, the same exact year, she was hired by the San Antonio Spurs, becoming the second ever female assistant coach in the NBA. In 2015, 2016, and also 2019, she was the head coach of the Spurs Las Vegas Summer League team. In 2018, she was then promoted to the front of the bench, where in 2020, she actually became the first woman to act as a head coach during an NBA regular season game. And now, look, this year, well, Dang, I'm saying this year like we're not in 2022, 2021, at the end of 2021 on that. So she she had a great, a great year, a great year, y'all. She finished 2021 becoming the Las Vegas Aces head coach and now also their general manager. Now, I tried to look up her salary, tried to look up um, her contract. Obviously, for the WNBA, this is just not public record. Like, either they have to announce it or... I just could not find it anywhere, and I couldn't find any WNBA coaches' salary, um, current salary at least. So I thought that was kind of strange. It might be a little something 
that we need to dig deeper in. So stay tuned for that. Y'all know me. I have my nose and all that. I got my nose and all that. Okay. But they are saying that she will be the highest paid coach. So that's pretty cool. She'll be doing two roles in one. So maybe that's why she's the highest paid coach. I mean, her talents do speak for herself and her resume as well. But I'm interested to see what that number is because if you remember earlier in 2021, well, not earlier, kind of at the end of the year as well, um, Don Stanley became one of the highest paid women's basketball coaches in the NCAA with a seven-year, $22.4 million contract, which equates to about $3.2 million per season. So I want to know in comparison what her contract looks like um, in comparison to Coach Don. So I'm I'm curious. I'll let y'all know when I do find out because y'all know I will. But look, either way it goes, she is in her bag. I'm super excited just for her and to see what this organization will do with her talents and her expertise as we come into a 2022 season. She will finish out her season with the Spurs, so she's still going to be in the NBA world. And I love just to see her jump from league to league. It definitely shows that it's a possibility. Like, you can do that. I didn't know you can do that like that. So the fact that she's doing it, she's proving us all wrong and being um, just a historical figure in that means. So, hey, what a bag. What a way to start 2022 in your bag. But speaking of bags, as we shift gears a bit, let's talk college football playoffs. So all last week, the biggest debate around bowl games was, is it okay if players opt out of playing in these bowl games and some commentators were saying oh this era of players they just really don't love football and then some were saying you know when we were growing up we wasn't doing that we was doing x y and z yeah 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 we get it you was a caveman you have to get it out the mud we we totally get it okay but times are changing the game of college football has changed and it's changed since i've been in school the athletes getting paid now what, what, like, the business of college football has changed. The business of, of collegiate, intercollegiate athletics alone has just evolved so much from what it used to be. And I wish, like, in the takes that we hear about, like, just the current state of the intercollegiate world versus what it used to be, I really wish we would take out the narrative of, oh, this is how it used to be, or this is what we had to do. Like, yeah, we get that. But like, shouldn't you want things to be easier or better for the next generation? Why should we have to go through the mud just because you went through the mud too? You know, it's kind of weird. And I feel like that in every context with life in general, like it's always someone older, always speaking down on the changes in the, in the, just the growth, I guess. I don't know if I'm going on a tangent, let me know. But Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of weird to me that we always have to go back to, oh, when we were growing up in football, we had to do this. College football has changed, okay? I'm not about to go play in the Nacho Bowl, risk getting hurt, and ruin my draft stock or ruin my opportunity to, to get drafted. I'm not doing that. It's unrealistic, and it's okay. I feel like it's okay to give the players that choice. See, so long... Players have not had this choice. They've had to had to play or had to um, do things for other people. But now I think 
players and athletes alone are starting to do things for themselves that are beneficial for themselves, which is okay. I mean, I get this is a team sport, but like a bowl game, really, like I'm not really, I'm not really phased if my teammate opt out. Because I understand, I understand that it's hard to, once once you have that drag stop, you want to try to maintain that. And if you get, if you go out here and blow up your knee, look at, look at the dude, um, was that Ole Miss? He probably done tore all his, his whole leg up now. And he's supposed to be drafted. So would you rather me be in that predicament or would you rather me be in a predicament where I still have a fair chance to be drafted? And I think that's what we need to ask ourselves when we answer that question of whether or not players opt out. So what do y'all think? Do y'all think players should have the opportunity to to opt out? And if you're listening to this on Spotify, there's actually a question um, that you can answer that gives me a little feedback on, do you think players should be able to opt out? Yes or no? I think they can. And I'm going to leave it alone, but look, business is business and business is different today, okay? And we just got to move. We got to move with that. We got to move with that. We can't We can't keep holding on to what it used to be. We got to grow. We got to grow. Let it go. Let it go. It's okay. But bowl game season is one of my favorite seasons, to say the least, because it's just so much excitement. I think um, two of my favorite games this weekend to watch was the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. I think... I did not move from my couch, which may not be the healthiest thing, <laughs> but Baylor defeated Ole Miss 21 to seven. And that was actually a pretty good game. Um, Baylor, y'all have just surprised me this year. I love to just see y'all rebuild your program. I actually did a paper over Baylor football this season. I mean, it was on more so on a negative note. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, that game was pretty good to watch. It was very exciting. A lot was just happening in that game from turnovers to interceptions to fumbles. I was just like, geesh, but it was a very exciting game to say the least. And then the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, they beat Utah. I was rooting for Utah in this matchup. The First off, look at the score, y'all. It was 48 to 45, meaning no defense was being played on either end of the ball here. And it was kind of like one player would get a breakaway. And then the same thing would happen on the other end. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. And it was just the energy was so live. I have to get to a Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, excuse me, game one of these years. It always, always, always seems to deliver. And it seems to be the bowl game to be at. So I was really excited to watch those matchups. Georgia did defeat Michigan 34 to 11. And Alabama defeated my at Cincinnati 27 to 6 look although the scoreboard read Alabama to win Cincinnati still played a pretty decent game um it's just Alabama is a dynasty and I cannot be mad at that dynasty at all it is actually pretty impressive I cannot wait to just see the documentaries that come from this and just the insight because I'm curious to learn just how how was this dynasty built and maintained? Because Alabama just works their way up every time. It never fails. It's almost like, why are we rooting against them at this point? And I was really rooting for Cincinnati. I mean, they was 13-0 this entire season, and they, they played a good game. I would have rather – I feel like they still belonged in um, this playoff. A lot of people were arguing, oh, see, look, Cincinnati didn't argue. Look, your team tried to beat Alabama two times in it. 
two times in a year and they still couldn't do it. Like, stop it, please. Please. Your team got blown out. Did your team even score against Alabama? Like, no. Be quiet. So, look. January 10th, that will be the game Alabama versus Georgia in Indianapolis. I am going to go for the Bulldogs. I'm rooting for the Bulldogs. Underdog story, that is the story for me. Um, Look, Georgia, I'm hoping y'all can take down this dynasty. I would love to see the Bulldogs on top. You know, I've talked about them all season long, and now it's their time to shine. And they know what they're up against. I feel like if anybody, Georgia has the best chance. If anybody in that playoff round, Georgia definitely had the best chance when it came to um, competing with Alabama. So, January 10th, who y'all got? Make y'all picks early. Look, I don't want to hear nothing. Don't talk about Roll Tide nothing. You ain't been saying Roll Tide nothing all season, okay? So, just be quiet, all right? Go, Georgia. Go, Bulldogs. (laughs) All right, all right. So, all of y'all literally, soon as this story broke, y'all like, I cannot wait for you to talk about this. And I'm excited, too, because A.B. has struck again. Before I do go into the antics of Antonio Brown, I definitely just want to make a disclaimer here and say that I really do hope he gets the help that he needs. Um, I think a lot of times when a black man is publicized in the media, we tend to overlook their cries for help. So I just hope that He does get the help that he needs. He seems to have a lot of supportive people who are around him in his group. And I I think he will get the help that he needs. Um, But let's 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 get on. Let's get on with it. Um, Antonio Brown, A.B. He leaves mid game versus the Jets third quarter, y'all not fourth quarter, not not almost game over. None of that third quarter. He takes off his shoulder pads, throws his gloves and whatever else into the stands, peace out, and leaves. The memes have been killing me all morning long. And if anybody was to do this, like if anybody was to say, oh, so-and-so did this, I would automatically be like, oh, this is is very on brand. This is very on brand for him. So, of course, you leave the stadium, you're no longer going to be a part of this organization as the team has followed suit and have removed him from the team. But let's talk about the rumors surrounding this and why AB has done what he done. So the media has kind of niched onto the rumor of AB having an ankle injury and not wanting to go into the game playing on that ankle injury because he feel like it was not healed all the way. Well, if you remember back in week six, AB had that we- that ankle injury and which made him miss five games. And then on top of that, he got caught up with that COVID vaccination card, the fake one we were talking about, and he missed an additional three games. So that's eight games in totals that he has missed. So AB coming back here to play for the Jets and not being 100% with his ankle injury, I don't know if I'm really buying that. He looked pretty healthy to me. What do y'all think? Hmm. But the other rumor... It's very intriguing, and I'm not going to say if I believe it or not because we can't confirm or deny this right now. Um, I haven't had a chance to actually go and dig more into this, but they're saying that AB was actually eight catches away from making a $300,000 salary incentive for accomplishing that, right? So sometimes how this works, 
sometimes in certain contracts, there's different language and different things that you can do for money incentives in your contract. Well, the rumor is saying that they were trying to avoid paying him um, that salary incentive by freezing him out and not passing him the ball, which basically will make him not able to get that incentive. And some people have said this happened to Victor Cruz and many other athletes, but I don't know. This kind of, this one kind of make you think, I'm not going to lie. And I mean, if I'm in that position, if I'm AB, if this is true and I'm AB and I notice that they're intentionally not incorporating me the way that I need to be incorporated to get that salary incentive and they are aware of that salary incentive, I will feel some type of way. Like I can, I can kind of relate to that or kind of not relate. Mm, what's the word I want to use? I kind of feel him if that is the case. Cause it's just like, bro, y'all, y'all play with my money. Y'all play with my money. You pass me the ball. But then I wonder if it's a thing where they know he wasn't, they know he wasn't 100% yet. So they didn't want to incorporate him too much yet because the game was literally on the line. There should be no reason that that game was that close. But I don't know. That's why I'm like, I don't know how do I true do I truly believe did he just inter- misinterpret it that way like as if they were just trying to hold him back or is that really what was happening? I don't know. I can't tell you. These are all rumors, folks. Don't go and say, "Oh, Paige said." No, I ain't say that. I'm just telling y'all what the rumor said. Dang. I'm just trying to put y'all on game so y'all know when y'all see. So when Antonio Brown comes in out and tells us, we will all know. We will all know. But until then, we don't know exactly what exactly was going through his mind. His coaches ain't even talked to him. Um, and he's kind of been doing his own thing because he even went to social media afterwards and posted a link to his new music single called Pit Not the Palace. It's all right. I listened to it. It got an okay beat. But I'm not really a fan of him rapping. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and then he posted a pic talking about Super Gremlin. He's actually very funny for that. If you never he- heard Kodak Black Super Gremlin, go listen to it. That's what he was referring to if you're not hip. I know some of y'all some of y'all not hip like that. So go listen to it. That's what he was referring to. And then he also made another post with the caption, Big Mad Making a Difference. So look, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. Um, y'all can call him crazy. Y'all can do whatever. I do hope he gets the help if he feels like he needs the help. You know, you can only help people who want to be helped. So that's what I got to say about that one, man. I, he is funny. He is funny, man. That, that really made my day yesterday. Cause it was just like, wow, AB, you're done. You're done. You're done, AB. You're done. But it seemed like that was not the only emotions flaring this weekend because in the NBA, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood have been suspended from the Rockets from playing here tonight against the 76ers for poor behavior. So on Saturday, the Rockets, they were playing the Denver Nuggets. And during halftime, it was reported that Kevin Porter Jr. had lost his temper after a conversation with assistant coach John Lucas, and he did not return. He actually left the Toyota Center during the second half, and the Rockets went on to lose that game to the Denver Nuggets. Now, one thing I don't like is that 
some of the articles that I was reading, they were kind of trying to say, oh, he has anger management issues and yada, yada. Um, Stop that because I feel like sometimes too, like when people feel disrespected, like why players, why athletes can't have the same emotions that regular people do? Some of y'all can't even argue without crying in somebody's face. Some of y'all can't even, y'all can't even communicate. So maybe he just don't know how to communicate the way he feel about a certain situation or he getting into it with his coach. He probably really beefed up with his coach. Y'all don't know. So just stop that, please. But I, I, now I will say that, you know what I'm saying, it's a way to handle things. And being a professional basketball player, you have to remember that professional side of things. And that definitely wasn't a way to, to handle yourself in that situation. But media, stop, stop that. Stop, cut it out before y'all even get started with that narrative. I don't like that. That's a young black man. Don't do that to him. Okay. But then y'all probably wondering why Christian Wood got um suspended too. Well, Christian Wood, he did not start on Saturday for breaking a team rule, which was him failing to show for a daily COVID testing, which actually caused the team shoot around to be delayed. So yeah, I can see you punishing him for that. You definitely have to do that. Um, but then he played eight minutes, scored not one point at all. So as a coach's decision, he did not play in the second half. He also got into it with Coach Lucas during halftime. And rumors also have it that in that conversation, they were just kind of telling Wood that he needs to be more of a leader, being one of the veteran players on that roster. Because, you know, they've been talking about baby Rockets. This team is so young and yada, yada, yada. And they're expecting Wood to be an example and lead by example. And they feel like he hasn't been doing that. And Coach even went in the um, post-game interview and was just saying that he just has high expectations and they're not meeting them at that moment. And they need to just kind of step their game up. So I, I get the reinforcement. I get the punishment. I get the suspensions. I, I get all of that. But I really hope that they can fix their internal issues um, because that team has a lot of talent. And they have a lot to give. They're making the necessary trades. They're getting the necessary players they need. They're um, better in their game. So I hope they can get it figured out. It's, just, it's, it's trouble in paradise. But look, that's a Houston team for you. It's always drama. It's always drama. Always. Because look at the Texans. They still can't even figure out their own drama, okay? Who man. It must really be hard to be a Houston fan. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. The Houston Astros really your only hope out here. <laughs> no, I, I like the Rockets, though. I'm definitely going to try to get to a Rockets game. Um, Hopefully, my friend Gia is down to, to go to a couple games this season. I know she will. She'll be excited when she hears this. So, when you when you hear this, Gia, let me know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, on another note, let's talk Jake Paul really quick. He has offered to retire from boxing if Dana White agrees to pay the UFC fighters more. In a note, he stated that, one, he wanted to increase the minimum fighter pay per fight to 50K, which is now at 12K right now. And then he also wants them to guarantee UFC fighters 50% of UFC's annual revenues, which equal out to $1 billion in 2021 also he wants them to provide long-term health care to all fighters because he recently had a press conference where he was saying that brain damage is just a part of the gig for ufc but 
should we be applauding this? Like, shouldn't we be doing something about this? So Jake Paul kind of included that in saying that there's many UFC alums that are suffering from brain damage and, you know, they just need the health care. And I, I, I agree. Everything that he's asking for in this, this is the first time you were probably first and last really time you will ever hear me say that I agree with Jake Paul. He gave him a time limit. He said that he wants this implemented by March 31st. And once implemented, he will retire from boxing and enter into a one fight deal to fight, um, to have a fight. And kudos to Jake Paul on this one. This is big. I don't think it will happen. Um, UFC could really care less if Jake Paul was to continue, I think. I think it would be good to see them implement this. Not Jake Paul being an influencer. This, But that's where he came from. He came from YouTube. I don't know. That's powerful. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. But if that does happen, I take back everything I have said negative about Jake Paul in this podcast. I will speak nothing but positively about him if that happens. If it doesn't happen... You still may be okay with me and my books, Jake Paul, just because you are fighting for a greater cause that really has nothing to do with you. And it's it's important. And I think it also just brings light and attention to this issue of maybe we need to pay attention to how UFC fighters have been treated and how they've been compensated um, for their time and effort. So, mm-hmm. Jake Paul, ladies and gentlemen, he never fails to be entertaining. But before we do end this episode, I wanted to leave you guys with an interesting fact. More than 10,000 people have successfully climbed Mount Everest since the first confirmed climbers reached the summit close to 70 years ago. In fact, in May, a nine-person full-circle Everest expedition crew will plan to become the first all-black team to accomplish the feat. So I'm going to be in tune for that. Don't know about y'all, but look, that's all I have for the episode one of season two. I'm super, super excited for season two, y'all. It is going to go crazy. And look, mark my words, the front pages will be the place to be. But until next week, your girl is out. Peace. Run it, run it, style it. I'm up in the pit, not the palace.